You're welcome to Faith to Faith Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Prayer is not just an action, praise the Lord. It's an attitude. Glory to God. It says an attitude. Glory to God. Prayer is an attitude. So um, th- there's such a thing as the mood of prayer. Hallelujah. And that's why sometimes we take time to prepare people to pray because it's also an attitude. Alright? It's an attitude of dependence. It's also an attitude of submission. Glory to God. It's also an attitude at the same time of enforcement. Sometimes when you're praying, you might start with a submission and a yieldedness to God, but it ends in enforcement of your rights. Amen. Did you get what I just said? Okay, so what I mean is that you start out praying and say, oh God, you are great, you are awesome, you are wonderful, our Father which art in heaven, you know. That. Then, but as you progress, it gets to a place where you start enforcing your rights. So I want to talk a little along those areas and help us achieve that. Alright, enforcing your rights through prayer and fasting. Amen. Glory to God. Enforcing your rights through prayer and fasting. Enforcing your rights through prayer and fasting. Listen, sometimes believers think things will come to them. What they don't understand is that in the kingdom, you are to take what has been given to you. Are we together? And that process of taking might meet resistance. Because we have an adversary. <laughs> it might meet resistance. So if the Christian is not taught how to enforce his rights. You know, listen. You might know you have rights. Just like someone that um, is part of a family or you work in an office or you are in a country. You have rights, right? It means that uh, because you are part of this this belongs to you. Okay? This belongs to you. And um, you are not supposed to beg for it because it has been given to you. Maybe you work for a firm. It's your right to have an ID card. You're not supposed to beg for the ID card. It's your right to have an identity card. Right? Now, you can be working there and after two weeks, after one month, you still not collected your ID card. Amen. And then maybe you need the ID card to um, access lunch. Maybe in the cafeteria, as they do in some places. 
you need the ID card to access uh, uh, lunch. And anytime you go there, they don't let you in because you're not with your ID card. Then say, you're supposed to have your ID card. Then you're, you're keeping quiet about it. But it's depriving you of something. Are you with me? I'm just giving an example. Now, it's not enough to know these are your rights. And a lot of times, Christians know their rights. We say, oh, you have a right to use the name of Jesus. Oh, you have a right to, 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 to cast out devils. All right? You have a right to, to, to walk in um, divine health. You have a right to, to, to receive healing and to also minister healing. There are many things you could be told that you have a right to do. Oh, you have a right to prosper. You have a right to succeed. You have a right to pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. You know what I've just done? I've read you your rights. Am I communicating? So somehow you are aware. But it's a different ball game when it's time to enforce it. Glory to God. Are we, are we together? And that's where believers have a problem. Oh, I know in time past, years back, way many years back, a lot of believers didn't know their rights. But thank God for teachings in the body of Christ, across the body of Christ. You know, so there might still be, but it's not, it's not at, as it used to be, maybe in the 90s or in the 80s. But now believers have the information about their rights, but most of them still don't exercise that right. Amen. Are we together? So, you wake up in the morning, and then suddenly your left leg is swollen. You say, oh, you call the doctor. And then the doctor says, ah, you don't know the meaning of the swollen leg. Ah, it's gambaculosis. Gambaculosis. You start researching gambaculosis. They will not tell you how, when it starts, it will, you will die in three days. And you check, it has been for two days. So, tomorrow is the day for you to die. Are you understanding me? And then, how, when the death is about to happen, what will happen is that you'll be salivating more. Then you start checking, say, uh-huh, I've started salivating more. You know what's happening to you? <coughs> now, a situation has come up for you to exercise your rights. Amen. Am I communicating? You know, sometimes believers think that when it's time to exercise your rights, the Holy Ghost will now come and tell you, Oh, you're supposed to exercise your rights. Or the devil will tell you, you're supposed to exercise it. No, 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 no. The reason why the knowledge came to you in the first place is so that when you meet this situation, you will know what to do to exercise your rights. Amen. Am I communicating? Now, then some people will say, well, if God doesn't want me to, seek, to be sick, the sickness will go. If he wants me to be sick, the sickness will stay. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Okay, another situation. Okay, you are taught about prosperity. You are taught about, um, maybe the scripture just came, or you were just taught the scripture recently in Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then, okay, you were thinking about scripture, meditating on it, and all that, 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 Then, three weeks after, two weeks after, or a few days after, you just discover that you don't even have money to pay transport to go to work. You can't even load your phone. Amen. Hello? Before now, it has not been that bad. Then you check your, your, your house, maybe the fridge or wherever you store your food, 
before anyhow you see, you will just see one, one lonely Indomi. Are you understanding me? You know, that will just save your day. But now, you have searched and searched and searched. There's nothing. It's time to exercise your rights. Amen. Did you get that? It's time to exercise your rights. That's not the time to sit down and feel sorry for yourself. That's not the time to sit down and say, you see what they have done to our country. No. That's the time for your spirit to rise. Amen. And enforce your rights. Now, let me, let me just say this to you. You know, fasting is a faith booster. Hallelujah. Fasting gives you the opportunity to give attention to things you might not have been given attention to. There are certain circumstances in your life that will arise that you can't just address it by the way. You know, I know believers sometimes wake up in the morning and this is how they pray. Father, thank you for today in the name of Jesus. Everything is fine. In Jesus' name, they, 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 they enter the vehicle and go to work. There are some situations you have in life that you cannot pray and address it like that. Amen. You have to stop, pause, and give it attention. We've been teaching God's word for many years. And, you know, sometimes you discover that some people understand something, but they don't understand it the way they should understand it. Spiritual authority is in dimensions. Spiritual power is in measures. Let me explain why I'm saying so. Let's talk about spiritual power. There is a, there's an amount of um, currents. We have a generating set that is about 110 or whatever kVA. It means that if you have load on this property that is above 110, it can't carry it. Amen. Are you listening to me? It means that it will shut down the gen. Am I communicating? Now, one of the things we do in prayer is to generate power. Are you listening to me? There are, there are measures of power you generate. Every problem does not require the same power to solve it. Amen. What we need to light this bulb is even from what we need to power the sound system. Am I communicating? It's even from what we need to power the um, um, air conditioning sets. Sometimes when they put on the gen and the lights are on, even in some of your homes, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe they put, you put on the gen, it might be a smaller generating set, you put it on, the lights on, then you put your fridge on it. You see the sound of the gen will have to adjust because now it's carrying something heavier. Are we together? Then if you go and put something else on it, the gen will just slowly, slowly, slowly tell you, I cannot carry this. Amen. Am I communicating? Good. Now, 
James 5. Let's look at verse 16 and 17. Amen. Give it to me in amplified version. I think my focus should just be um, 16. I want you to understand something. There's a language I want you to understand. Then we're going to go to Galatians, um, Acts after that. I just want to read something to you. Oh, glory to God. Pray in tongues for a moment. Just pray in tongues for a moment because where we, where, what we're doing is just to get us to the place of prayer. La paya le bredike brodos ke pletos brigadier telebo brigadier te rabakatos le bo brigadier 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 telebo brigadier 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 randa kapaya katos le bo brigadier 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 te le mende klezubra dos ke pletos alabata rabakatu brigadier te le grede glede zige dige die telebo brigadier ta in the mighty name of Jesus watch this he said here James five sixteen amplified confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another. What for? That ye may be healed and restored to what? A spiritual tone of mind and heart. Now, my focus is the last part. Okay? I want you to read it aloud with me. Want to go? The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer <laughs> makes tremendous. Stop there. What? What? Tremendous. Let me say tremendous. tremendous. Say tremendous. tremendous. He's not just power. Say tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Amen. In Acts 1, verse 8, it said, and ye, KJV, he said, and ye shall receive, after Acts 1.8, you give me Acts 4.33. He said, and you shall receive power. Did you see that? What will you receive? Power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And if you read from Acts 1.2, we saw power manifested. Alright? But when we go to Acts chapter 4, Put verse 33. He didn't call it power again. Read it with me. Want to go. And with great power. The Greek word there is megas. Mega. That's where we get the word mega. Megas. With great power. Meaning that the measure was different. Amen. You see from Acts 4, 5, there about, besides using language like great power and great grace. Amen. Am I communicating? Now, what I'm trying to explain to you is that the power of God, authority and power is not the same thing. I hope you know that. Authority in the scripture is a delegated right. It means the same way the governor of a country or a, sorry, a state 
will sit in his office and say, lock the toll gates. And they will lock it. If the NSAS people stand there and say they, will not, they don't want to lock it, the governor on his own cannot physically overpower them. Are you understanding me? But he can exercise his authority. Am I communicating? Good. That's authority. The same thing a traffic warden has when he stands on the street and waves his hand and the truck stops. He cannot physically stop the truck. But as he lifts his hand, the man recognizes him as the government and stops. That's authority. So, you can say as a Christian, all of us have authority in the name of Jesus. So you can stay here and say, that thing tormenting my family, I command it to stop in the name of Jesus. You're exercising your authority. Are you understanding me? Good. But apart from authority, God also gave us power. Amen. Power. Power. Amen. What's that power? Dunamis. Alright? It means that the same way that you can have a dynamite. You take off the pin and you want to bring down this wall. It's not, you can't tell the wall, wall, come down, at least in the natural. But you can take out the dynamite, the pin from dynamite, and throw it on the wall. It will bust the wall. Are you understanding me? That's power. Are you getting what I'm saying? It will break the wall. It does not negotiate with the wall. Amen. Are we together? Are we together? There's a force released. That explosion breaks the wall. Now the scripture is saying that when you receive the Holy Ghost, Amen, there's a dynamite, Amen, within you that you can release to, to scatter circumstances that resist you. Amen. Am I communicating? Now, but let me use it in terms of electric current. John G. Lake said something as being a blessing to the body of Christ. He said that electricity is God's power in the natural realm. While the anointing is God's power in the spiritual realm. Amen. Are we together what I'm saying? Okay. So, the same way electricity solves many problems. Because of electricity, we have air conditioning. Because of electricity, we have lights. We have sound. Are we together? Electricity. So, it's dynamic and it's working. Amen. But it's just electricity doing it. Good. Now, in your spiritual life, you are a mobile generator. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Am I communicating? So, when you want to solve problems, you can generate the amount of power you need to solve this problem. Now, the difference between authority and power is this. Authority is a function of faith. Amen. Faith. In the sense that someone knows what the word of God says and declares it. But when it comes to dunamis, it's a function of the amount of time spent in prayer. Amen. Did you hear what I said? Good. There is no other way to generate dunamis than by prayer. And that's why many Christians miss it. Amen. 
Now, that's why you see that somebody is praying for something. And it takes time. Why is it taking time? That's the amount of time it took to generate the requisite amount of power that will solve that problem. Am I communicating? Listen to me. All problems are not the same. Am I communicating? Both in the natural and the spiritual. All problems are not the same. All problems are not the same. They're not the same. There are certain things that will happen. And the measure of prayer might just be an hour. That's why you see Jesus prayed. There are times where he prayed. The Bible says he rose up a great while before it was day. And prayed. Alright? Then another time he said he prayed all night. Why did he have to pray all night? That's what was required for that thing he was dealing with. Amen. Am I communicating? Yeah, okay. Elijah's story is the most common one we always talk about First Kings 18. Where he was praying. Okay? And then um, he wanted the rains to return. And then he sent his servant out seven times. Seven times. Now, Bible scholars will agree that he must have been sending him out every hour. Likely. Meaning that he must have put in at least seven hours. The scripture didn't say so, but it implies that. So, why did it take that long? What if he had stopped at the first hour? What if he had stopped at the second hour? Am I communicating? He had to stay until the clouds were full. Amen. Am I communicating? Alright. So, sometimes some of us don't understand that. Now, in enforcing your rights, there are certain times you are praying... And you have to release power into that situation. Am I communicating? You have to release power into that situation. There are some of you. You know why your testimony, you know, the testimony is half and half. Let me give an example of what I mean by half and half testimony. Okay, here you are. You want to get, um, you know, the Spirit of God has even shown you in a vision that that job they gave you the job. You saw, you saw yourself walking in the place, you know. Or maybe you had a dream, you saw yourself walking in the place. Then you started praying. Then, suddenly, um, they allowed you to write the exam. Okay? You wrote the exam and you passed. Is that not a miracle? Okay, then they go to the interview phase. They now say, um, but they're going to take only 11 people. And they're not going to take people from, they're going to take them from um, social local government. And from what they have said, you won't be in the selection because you are not in that local government. Then you're like, hi, nearly. Hi. We they take and say, no, 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 they're not taking another department. You say, but, you know, you know that kind of thing that always happens to you where it almost happened. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Listen to me. When you are at that place where you're looking like it almost happens, what, what needs to bridge the gap is power. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah. So, sometimes what has happened is that something is happening, or something has happened, but someone has not completed the spiritual process. Amen? Are we together? Yeah. That's what happens most of the time. Daniel, in scripture, was praying. And then he prayed for 21 days. Praise God. Is that not so? When the angel appeared, what did he tell him? The first day you were heard. But there was a contention. Glory to God. And because you kept praying, 
assistance, supernatural support came. Amen. That means if you had stopped praying, the answer would not have come. Am I communicating? So, fasting and prayer gives the opportunity to pay attention to something. Amen. Are we together? Let me read two scriptures, then we pray. Let's look at First Peter 5, verse 7. I'll read 7 to 9. Then we'll look at James 4. Uh, and I'll just pick one verse, verse 7. Now, in First Peter 5, 7, it shows us something there. And it's important for you to know this. It said, casting all your care upon him, for he cared for you. Alright? Now, in this statement, it looks like it's just between you and God, right? Cast your care upon him. Say, Lord, these are my cares. I have this concern. I want this. I want a new house. I want that. I want 20 December to be great. I want the year to end. And you're casting your care upon him because he cares for you. But he doesn't stop there. Verse 8. Then he says, be sober. Be vigilant. When you decide to fast, it means that you're not allowing anything to distract you. Food and every pleasure to distract you. You are being sober. Being sober is simply being serious-minded. Hallelujah. Then being alert. Because even if you've cast your care upon him, there is an adversary. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? There's an adversary. You're the devil, your adversary, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So what did he say? Did he say, go and cast the uh, roaring lion uh, to, the, to the Lord? No. He told you what to do. Next verse, 9. Whom resist, he didn't say, come and report to me. Whom resist steadfast in the faith? Amen. Are we together? That means in prayer, as you are talking to God, there might be opposition. Glory to God. I remember the testimony Papa Hagen shared several years ago. He said he had a vision. I can't remember whether it was the 1950 Rockwell, Texas vision, but one of them. He had this vision, and um, Jesus, in an open vision, appeared to him and began to talk to him. But while Jesus was talking, a demonic spirit stood between him and Jesus and was making noise. And he's saying something like, something like that. So, he thought Jesus will cast the devil out. But Jesus did not stop talking. Jesus did not stop saying what he was saying to him, but after a while, he wasn't hearing what Jesus was saying again, but Jesus was still talking. Praise the Lord. Until he said, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. And the spirit left, flee, uh, um, left, you know, and um, there's a word he used there. Uh, in fear, you know, fled in fear. Then he asked Jesus a question. Why didn't you cast him out? <laughs> the answer Jesus gave him is still a mystery to all of us. Amen. That's not my focus. But let me just explain to you. Jesus said, 
It's your responsibility. That's so much long and short what it was saying. It's his responsibility to do that. And he said, you know what he told Jesus? He said, Jesus, I know I'm seeing you right in front of me, but I, re- I will not accept what you are saying to me until you give me three, two or three scriptures because your word says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word of yourself. Jesus said, I will give you four. <laughs> Amen. And then Jesus gave him scriptures to prove why he wouldn't do it. Amen. Am I communicating? Now, I'm just using that to explain something to you. That the resisting of the devil is your responsibility. One of the major ways we enforce our rights is by resisting the devil. Amen. Am I communicating? By what? Resisting the devil. Whom resisted fast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in the brethren that are in the world. Meaning that others are going through the same thing. Some are not resisting what you are supposed to resist. Glory to God. So you can resist lack in the name of Jesus Christ. You can resist fear in the name of Jesus Christ. You can resist one hospital to hospital, hospital to hospital. You can resist it in the name of Jesus Christ. James 4, 7. That's my last scripture. Ah, in James 4, 7 it says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. I, I thought when he said submit yourself to God, he would not say God will chase away the devil. What did he say? Who is the one to resist? Me, right? You. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now that submission is what you are doing by fasting. Amen. When you are, I told you that prayer is an attitude. When you are fasting, you are submitting yourself to God. Glory to God. You're submitting yourself to God. Sometimes we, 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 the, the Spirit of God might give us guidance on the areas we need to resist the devil in. But it's our responsibility to resist the devil. Amen. So you can say, Satan, stop. Amen. Did you get me? I said, you can say, Satan, stop. You can say it. And he will stop. Satan has not stopped because nobody has stopped him. Glory to God. Somebody has not stopped him. And he will continue in your home. He will continue in your finances. He will continue in your health until you rise and stop him. Are we together? Yeah. So, as we rise to pray, I want us to be conscious of that fact. And then to also know that in prayer, we generate power. Hallelujah. We generate power. We generate power. You're praying. Sometimes, you're not even the one, someone asks me a question, say, there are things that we've prayed for that they were not solved in one day. Amen. Amen. They were not solved in one day. Then there are some things that they were addressed in one day. We were in a pin place then and um, church closed. 
So I was just standing in front of the hall. And then a man, older man, walked up to me. Someone had invited him to church. So he said, Pastor, I have a problem. I just want to see you personally. I said, you're seeing me. He said, the devil speaks to me. So I, 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 I like, oh, okay. I, maybe I didn't understand what he was saying. I said, that's where in the house, where I said, no. That even as I'm talking to you now, he will be talking to me. I'm hearing his voice at the time I'm talking. As someone is talking to me, he's talking to. So as he said it, I was angry. <laughs> I said, he's talking to you now. How dare the devil talk to you now? He said, come out of him, you foul spirit, in the name of Jesus. He did like this. <laughs> he thought we would go and solve the problem. I solved it there. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, there have been situations that have come up. And then I will say, the situation recently now, I've been on. And, um, and I told the people, I said, hey, we're going to pray. I'll pray. You will pray. But let me show you how you will pray. Then I gave them. They're still on it. So I gave them this how to pray. Earlier today, I took time to pray along with them. Not that I was talking to them. That's pray wherever I was, you know. And then I sent them the scriptures. Now, if they follow through what I said, by Tuesday, all will be well. Amen. I don't don't understand what I'm saying. Now, so there are different situations. Different situations. Different situations. So someone asks, so how will you know? That's the story for another day. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. Important thing to know now is that for the situations in your life, all of them do not require the same amount of power. There are some things that you don't even need to fast about. Amen. Are you listening to me? Alright? You don't need to fast about. There are times that maybe I've even injured myself. I remember one time, I think I was trying to open a door or something like that, and my, I don't know what happened to my, I think it was my thumb, the uh, finger towards the hand just went off. It pain was so much. So there's a place we used to go then to... Um, what do you call these guys now that do fit, physical fitness, you know? So, yeah. So, uh, it was a gym instructor, yeah? So, my, my wife now called, um, said to him, said, ah, um, maybe he might be able to do something. The guy touched my hand, I punched him. <laughs> it was so painful. <laughs> you know, I said, you know. So, but as I got back, I was just sitting on my own. This was many years ago. I was sitting back, you know, on my own. And then, I just knew what to do. Praise God. I just held the hand and pulled it. It went back and the pain ceased. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? That's how that one was solved. But there are other situations that were not solved like that. Praise the Lord. Am I communicating? Okay. So, some of you that just have one formula. <laughs> it's good to know what works. But it's also good to know that spiritual things, it's just like natural things. That's just how it is. The doctors are here. There are, maybe there are some medical people here. There are some times where, ah, my head is paining me. You just take Panadol. You are okay. There are times you say your head is paining you. You take Panadol. This other side will not start. Hello? Are you understanding what I'm saying? This other side will not start. Then they will tell you, no, use uh, something, a cold this thing, and touch your head so that your temperature will go. As you start, your leg will not start pulling you. You start having on it on me. You will not say, okay, maybe I should take my leader. As you take it, they will rush you to the hospital. Are you understanding what I'm saying? The point is that that's not the problem. It's not headache. It's not just that uh, you are stressed. There's another thing. Am I communicating? So by further investigation, they'll be able to say, oh, 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 this is actually what is wrong. Amen. That's how spiritual things are too. Rise on your feet. Two things I want you to pray for. Number one, I want you to pray for yourself that never again will you be in a position where you will not enforce your rights. Amen. Glory to God. The Bible says, For God had not given us the spirit of fear, that's timidity, but of power of love and of a sound mind. That means that you will not be in a position where you are not exercising your or enforcing your rights. Say, I will enforce my rights. Say again, I will enforce my rights. So I want you to pray for yourself. That the spirit of faith will rise within you. Amen. As we close this year and forward. That in every circumstance of life. You will find yourself enforcing your rights. Where you ought to enforce your rights. Open your mouth and pray. Amongst us here. Who have believers. That the devil is taking advantage of. No, 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 no. Not with the knowledge of God's word you have. Pray for yourself that you will enforce the rights. You will enforce your rights by the by the power of the spirit, by the wisdom of the spirit. Randa kaiga ande bladoske pretoso brega dobre gadiate. Ramando predosko bledika tia telegadiate. Zupratoso la bombre gadobre gadiate telegadiate. Zuprataka tia talabando la bombre gadobre gadobre gadiata. Lebrende kesiga tia telemando pradoske bledika zigadiate. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. I have read two scriptures to you. The first one was James, I'm sorry, 1 Peter 5, verse 7. Casting all your care upon him for he cared for you. Then he said, Be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, walketh about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The next verse says, Whom resist steadfast in the faith? Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. 
The next scripture is James 4, 7. It says, submit yourself to God. So your prayer today is, Lord, I am submitted to you in prayer and fasting. And then he said what? Resist the devil. And what will happen? He will flee. Now, I don't know what area you need to resist the devil. But I believe somebody needs to resist the devil today. Amen. Are you with me? If you you are so broke, broke, you are so broke, Abundance is God's signature. It's a sign that God, God is around there. So, if you read uh, Isaiah, I won't go there, Isaiah 9. Abundance. Harvest, plenty. When there is light, there is provision. So, if there is no provision, it means there is darkness. Amen. So you can resist the darkness. You can resist lack. You have been broke since November. Resist it. Don't say where. It's the, it's the nature of the economy. It's the nature of the economy. It's not the nature of the economy. It's the nature of your faith. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. It's the nature of your conviction. Amen. So you will resist lack. If you have been sickly, you resist sickness. If you have been weak, spiritually or otherwise, you resist the weakness. And what will happen? What will happen? You know why it has not fled? Because you have not resisted it. So today, what will happen? It will flee. Do you agree with me? So, forget about your neighbor. Resist your own. Amen. He said, I can't even know what in you know with me. My stomach in your swelling. My stomach in your swelling. Is your swelling? It's swelling. <laughs> Say, Pastor, see, see, see. <laughs> Glory to God. Resist it. Amen. Night after night, you'll be having nightmares. The first night, your great grandfather came and told you. Come, make we go. The other night, your grandfather came. Say, come, make we go. Resist it. Amen. Some things have to be established in the sense that it has. You have to accept it so that Satan can do it. Did you get me? There are some things Satan wants to do in your life. He needs you to permit him. So it will first come in a dream. Then you now say, hey, is it how I will die? Say, he has accepted it. Or I'll kill him. So what do you do? You resist it. Glory to God. Oh, they always promise me and fail. Always promise me and fail. You know, it will be as if it's coming, then it will not come. You can resist it. Are you hearing me? You will say, in the name of Jesus, I resist it. I command that experience to stop. Your English does not have to be correct. Satan understands pigeon. Your English does not have to be correct. The important thing is that you know, if a madman tell you, won't you understand what he's saying? <laughs> the, the, his gesture <laughs> is enough. Amen. So don't, don't be trying to, it's not the Greek or the ah, Satan, I command it loose. That's not what makes Satan go. 
So forget about your English. The passion in your hearts. Remember how that thing has troubled you. Amen. And how much you want it to stop. Glory to God. So pray in tongues for a minute. Then start by saying, Lord, I submit myself to you. And then in that place of submission, I resist. Then you start resisting what you want to resist. Ramande Ecclesida da Poche. Rakatoma Lebrede Zikaratie. Manda Kariga Handa Brosco Prediske. Mando Predike Sledie Ketea Katia. Zoprataka Yiga Handa Losoroso. Rakatia Telebondo Brosco Bledubregadoso. Zoprataka Yiga Handa Brosco. Lomanda Capratoso Lomregadia Teliga Soso. Robacatoso Lomregadia Teliga Handa Labasha. Rukaba Gige Zikredo Payiga Deske. Zopratanga Labanto Loboso. Lemenda Cratoso Lomregadia Te. Rabacatoso Lomregadia Teligadiata. Lozoba Zadige. Lopratica Tiata Labasha. I submit myself to God in prayer, in fasting. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. I resist the devil. Resist sickness in your home. Resist malaria and fever in your home. Resist persistent demonic attacks in your family. Lo sopredige sikleton do brigadiate. Lo bato bradiga to brigadiata. Bo sopredige solo bom brigadiate. La pataya katoso brigadiate. Lo pratoso do brigadiata. Resist failure. Resist failure. Ke patia tali. Lo prato maliga patiata. Ropato shele bom brigadiate. Rato maliga doma legadiasi. Lete legradiska. Labakaiga anda blade. Satan enough is enough. Lose your grip over my heart. Lose your grip over my eyes. You say that. Lose your grip in my home. Now in the name of Jesus. Kopatanda labakatose. Let my child go now in the name of Jesus. I break your influence over that contract. I break your influence over that agreement. Lose your grip in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And Satan, you are resisted in the name of Jesus. And every unclean spirit, your hold is broken in the name of Jesus. And every troubling demon, your error is come to an end in the name of Jesus. Every harassing spirit will put a stop to your activity now in the name of Jesus. I declare that family free in the name of Jesus. 
I declare that business loose in the name of Jesus. I declare that physical body healed in the name of Jesus. Freedom is yours. In Jesus' mighty name. The next prayer point is, the Bible says you can make tremendous power available. Moments of prophecy is on Sunday. Amen. I want us to generate power for that meeting. Amen. Are we together? There's something about many people praying. He said one we chase a thousand. Two we chase ten thousand. He's talking about the power of numbers in prayer. There's a difference between an individual praying and united prayer. Hallelujah. So, when we're praying now, we're generating power for Sunday the 29th of November. Moments of prophecy. Is that power that affects the atmosphere. Is that power that comes upon the words and makes them witty. Amen. Is that power that draws men to come and participate in the meeting. Glory to God. Am I communicating? There's something about those kind of meetings. The, see, everything talks. Everything, everything. Inanimate objects have a voice. That's why you see when Jesus walked up to the tree. The Bible didn't say Jesus. It said he answered. That means the tree was saying something. Everything speaks. So when the power of God is made available, it silences every other voice. And then the voice of God is loud. Amen. Are we together? It's amplified in that space. So as we make tremendous power available, all the elements that need to come together for moments of prophecy to be what it's supposed to be will come together. Open your mouth, pray in other tongues right now. Let's make tremendous power available. It's just going to be five or ten minutes. Just pray.
Thank you, Lord. Marco Pradon de Bledica Susu. Lebrando Copratos a la banda Gadi. Lemenda Kratos a la banda Lavaya. Labrenda Kazikatiate. Rabakatos a la bombregadiate. Lebrada Kati. Lebando Copratos a Brigadiate, Legadiate. Maros Capratos a la bombregadiate, Leboso. Maloso, Legredia, Lobradosque, Legretia, Catosce, Le Bombre, Gadiate, Le Pratosce, Le Bombre, Gadiate, Legredinga, Brada, Gaia, Gadea, Le Bradeque, Sletia, Televoce, Brigadiate, Maracatia, Telegadia, Telegadia, Telegadiate, lo brando copredica solo bombre gadiate. Le prato bombre gadisca padia. Melebrados que pletusca platea. Lebredica sobrados que pletusca platea. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. And Father, we thank you for Sunday. Sunday is a release of words of power. Let it be all that you desire for it to be. We align our desire with your desire concerning Sunday. Thank you for an outpouring. Thank you for as many as will come. You will minister to their necessities by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name. And let the church say loud, Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. It's important to fast. All right. I promise that we'll get into the making. So let's see how far we can go. Hallelujah. Did you resist the devil? Is he resisted? Yes. Has he fled? Yes. Amen. Amen. I heard that some people don't believe that the devil is real. And I always say that that person is not real. It's him that is not real. Before I get into that, um, today, it was early hours of this morning, Right? Pastor Degoas and the wife, Christy, had a baby girl. Was it, was it, it was early as of the morning, right? Was it last night or early as of this morning? Yes, so what we had it this morning. So 
So, Pastor Degua is now a daddy. And, um, you know, we've been um, waiting for the childbirth. I was saying, well, we were looking that she might not be available for moments of prophecy. But baby has come, and mommy is fine, baby is fine. Amen. So, Pastor Day is learning the... <laughs> I should give him the baby to carry. <laughs> Hallelujah. Alright, and then we also have our pastor Vizga. Today is your birthday, right? Amen. Amen. Happy birthday. We're going to pray for you at the end of the service. And our brother also, Neka Barry Vizga. He's... Um, with his wife also in Island of Man. And today is also his birthday. They are twins. Amen. So we celebrate with you people. Glory to God. Alright. Father, we thank you for the making of 2021. And we pray that we will follow through. We pray for consistency. The testimony will be complete. In Jesus' name. Say amen. Amen. Alright, we've been on the making of 2021, right? And um, we looked at, we mentioned there are eight elements in the making of 2021. We started with the present. And there we were dealing with personal assessment in the sense of where we are, self-assessment and then we also dealt with our what? Our personality and our personal assessment and our personal what, sorry. Where are we? Some of us took time to come up with what our network is and to also understand who we are. Then we went on to the picture. The picture dealt with goal setting and visualization. And we began to talk about lifetime goals. We began to talk about goals for 2021. We called it the picture. I concluded by talking about having a vision board. A lot of us sometimes write out goals, but one of the ways to enforce those pictures on our hearts is by having a vision board. And then I think yesterday on the um, Facebook members only, this, that's still where we are now, right on Facebook, okay? So I took out time to talk about how you can have your vision board and the important things that you should look out for in a vision board. So I won't go back to that. Now we're going to the third element, which is what? Ever say the practice. Ever say the practice. Alright. What do we mean by the practice? 
the practice deal with, deals with the actions or activities that need to be carried out that changes our presence into the picture we have. Hallelujah. Did you get me? Those actions or activities that will change your present state into that picture that you have. The practice also deals with the core habits that makes your pictures become realities. Hallelujah. The core habits that will make your pictures or the picture you have become a reality. I'm going to read from James chapter 1. Wherever we stop, I'll stop there. Okay? Let's look at verse 21 to 25. So remember that this practice is about habits. Everybody say habits. Habits that you must adopt and develop, they're about habits. They will make that picture 2021 happen. So when we say the practice, we're talking about habits. I will read the scripture first. Now, it says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, And, you know, that superfluity of nothingness is a very big word, you know. Superfluity is like abundance. So, in another way, saying too much bad character. Amen. Are we together? In essence, it's talking about certain traits or habits in your life that need to be addressed. Amen. Okay. So, how does it happen? He said, by receiving with meekness. Receive with meekness. What? The engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Glory to God. Go back to 21. Leave it there. Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Now, he's not talking about being born again when he says save your souls. That's not what he's talking about. He's trying to talk about the fact that this engrafted word, engrafted means that you are putting something that was not part of this system before. Alright? Another translation used the word implanted. Implanted. I've thought on this before. I won't want to go that way. So, how does it relate to what I'm sharing with you? There are things that you need to put inside you. Amen. Amen. 
It will save your soul. It will save your destiny. Amen. 22. I'm reading down to 25. In case you didn't know what he was talking about, he goes further to say, But be ye, what? Doers of the word. In my own um, rendering, I will say, Be practitioners of the word. Hallelujah. So be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway, straightway means immediately, forgeteth what manner of man he was. Let's read 25, the last one together. I want to go. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he be not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. I want to be that man. Amen. Did you get that? So, um, the scripture, you know, the scripture does not give you counsel about something that is not possible. So, it means it is possible for you to be a hearer of the word and not a doer. So, it's possible that all of this making of 2021 we're talking about, you're going to hear it. And let me say this to you. The major challenge Christians have on earth is not the devil. Because we have already been given victory over Satan. Amen. It's our ability to cause the word of God. Thank you. To enforce God's word, that's the major challenge. Amen. That's the major challenge. That ability to enforce God's word. That ability to practice what we've heard. You understand? That's where the challenge is. So now, we say, everybody pray. Everybody's not going to pray. Glory to God. Some will pray. I remember we went for a program years ago. I think it was 19... No, 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 yeah, uh, 1999, yeah, when they opened um, Canaan Land, Shiloh. Um, they did a groundbreaking in 98, 1998. Um, I think it was August or so, September, they did the groundbreaking when they broke the ground for the place. So the man of God, the bishop, um, called women that were believing God for children. There were three, about 300 of them. And then he said, if you're believing God for a child, come. As a sign of what we're doing here, um, bring your babies for dedication on September, they were opening place September 18th, 1999. So, on September 18th, this um, 1998, so now, 1999, September 18, we're going to do your baby dedication, okay, on that date. So come with your babies on that day for your, that I've fixed your baby dedication date already. So the testimony was that about 300 women came out and then he laid hands on the, the book, um, You Shall Not Be Barren, that's the title of the book, if I remember, and then gave them each a copy, it's a book he wrote, gave each of them a copy. And said, the, the power of God is upon this book. Read it. And 
come on the 18th of September 1999 for your dedication. So I was there that day when they did the baby dedication. So he invited all the women that were here a year ago and were believing of to come out. Three, over 300 of them came out. And some carried twins. Some carried, you know, all of them came out with their babies. Now, we now found out that some of them did not read the book. They just took the book and put it under their matrimonial bed. Are you understanding me? And they conceived. Are you listening to what I'm saying? That's another testimony. But the point was, now, they told you to read the book. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, some didn't read the book. As a pastor, if you ask any genuine pastor what is the greatest concern in pastoring people is for them to do what you're teaching them. Because if they're doing it, there are some things they're complaining about they won't complain about. You know, a pastor is not wired to say, I told you so. Are you understanding me? So even if he knows you are not doing it, he might not say, I told you so. He has to start again. Are you understanding me? <laughs> Glory to God. So the core of what makes our lives experience real success is our habits. Everybody say habits. Listen, you are what you always do. Did you hear me? I say it again. You are what you always do. You are what you always do. If I want to know who you are, let me just check what you always do. That's who you are. Your future and your destiny can be defined, predicted by your habits. Um, a minister wrote a book years ago and I love a quote I saw in the book it was Mike Modoc, I believe he said success lies in your daily routine if you want to see a man's success look, his, look at his daily routine what does he do every day so um, if you look at the Bible closely you know when that hits me it hits me hard I discovered that when you look at the Bible, what God is trying to get the Christian to do is to adopt the habits of Christ. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Are you understanding me? The habits of Christ or the habits of the New Testament. Because we all already have habits based on where we were born, the people we are exposed to. And so, every human being is a creature of habits. Are we together? Now, some of you are sitting down looking at me, alright? There are some people as they are sitting down now, they are touching their ear, they are doing their ear like this. They always do it. Then there are some people as they are sitting down, they are biting their lip. 
Are we together? It's just a habit. They didn't plan to do it. But you are sure they will do it again in next service. Then there are some people that every service they come for, they will take at least two shots of sleep. <laughs> two shots, at least. The service cannot be complete if they didn't take their shots. Either during the message or somewhere, you know, somewhere they just go, whoop. One. <laughs> it's a habit. Sleeping in church is a habit. Are you understanding me? It's a habit. So, all habits are learned. It's just that some are unconsciously learned. Did you hear me? All habits are learned. That means that any habit a human being has, someone taught him. It, it, it was taught. But it's just that some were unconscious. Now, what God wants you to learn is how to consciously learn habits that will help you. Glory to God. Are we together? As I started pastoring, I consciously had to learn how to carry people along while I'm speaking. Maybe 20 years ago, 22 years ago, I talked much faster than I'm talking now. Are you with me? So, I'll come up and boom, I go off. But I started learning how to communicate better. How to say something and allow it to sink. Amen. And then over a while, repeat what you said again. I'm not just walking around for walking around's sake. It's part of my communication skills. If I stood in one place, some of you, instead of taking two shots, you would take four shots of sleep. But just about the time the wind is about to close your eye and I move like this, you will raise your face again. Praise the Lord. Alright, but so we're talking about habits. Now, The challenge is this. It's not what you do once in a while that makes your goals come to pass. No. It's what you do always. What you consistently do. Some of you here know, it's not, this is not the first time you're writing goals. You've written it before. Why didn't it happen? Because the habit, the practice that will animate those pictures was absent. What we're talking about is the action. Amen. The actions that you will take. But now it's not just taking uh, uh, 
what I call it, random actions. No. It's about inculcating habits that are the actions Amen. that you need to achieve that goal. Am I communicating? Hmm. We all have different eating habits, right? I have three kids. All of them don't eat the same way. I don't know who taught some of them to eat. <laughs> but definitely it's not me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> we all have different eating habits. Is eating wrong? No. We also have different sleeping habits. Do you know that just by having a sleeping habit that is contrary to your goals, you can fail in life? Are you listening to me? Imagine the job you do is that you are an oddly to a governor. That's your job. You know those people that stand behind the president when he's making his speech, especially in this part of the world. Some will stand behind when he's making his speech. If he talks for one hour, I stand behind, then he moves. You know? Imagine that's your job. But anytime you're not doing anything, you sleep. Then they gave you that job. You'll be fired the first day. There was a, a, a video I saw on the news. It was this year. The governor of Edo State, if I'm not mistaken, was giving a speech and his oddly collapsed. This was this year, a month or so ago. The guy collapsed. He just fell. Now that happens from time to time. Okay, imagine... That that is your job. That's what your job is. And then sleep will not allow you to do your job. You will, you will lose your job. Am I communicating? Do you know there are some people that if they are not discussing, they start sleeping. The one that I became afraid of, that even me I say, Wahala, is the guy that slept in the market. They went to buy something. You know how they are prizing something. Then they say, Oga, sit down now. Then he's sitting now. His friend is prizing. <laughs> In a market. No, no, I'm not talking about a supermarket. Are you understand? I'm not talking about a supermarket. The place is noisy. Everybody's rubbing themselves, a body against each other. You know that kind of place. You sleep there. You are finished. Now, but I'm talking about habits. There are some young men that the greatest problem they have is their sleeping habits. Is that sleeping habit that makes that they cannot read at night? They can't do their Bible study? They can't, they can't give attention to anything? 
You know, there are, there are some young people that just come back from wherever they went to. You know, as they enter their living room, this room or wherever they are, and they sit down, they just sleep off. They wake up with the clothes they wore last night. And then they start taking their bath, dressing up to go out again. Am I communicating? They put that sleep like that. I call it crashing. Now, listen, no, it, uh, there are some, it happens to some people once in a while, right? Maybe a particular day, it was so stressful, something happened, your car broke down the road, something, something happened and you came back, you were just tired. But I'm talking about someone that, that's how he does every day. He comes back, comes back, he's coming back with uh, a cup of corn, roasted corn. He's just eating, eating, eating a cup, I just sit down, he's still eating the corn, just sleep. Are you understanding me? That's how he always sleeps. And then, hours of sleep. You would think that because he slept like that during the day, he won't sleep again. He will still sleep during the day. <laughs> Sleeping habits. You see, there are certain things that, I don't know if I should deal with it now, you know, but... You have to be careful of the habits that are detrimental to the picture. Amen. That picture, there are certain habits already in your life now that are detrimental to the picture. That's where I want to focus my attention first. Before I start talking about the practice you need. Let's start with the one you don't need. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Do you know there are some people that all the things we have been saying, they've not done anyone. That, do you know that's a habit too? There are some people that have a habit of not doing what they are supposed to do. They only do what they are not supposed to do. <laughs> it's a habit. So, please, everyone, proceed to the right. Proceed to the right. Everyone, proceed to the right. Proceed to the right, please. You start going this way. Then you ask, why, why are you going this way? He doesn't even know why. All of us have habits. Amen. Sometimes it's not about whether the habit is good or bad. It's about whether it is right for you. Amen. Am I communicating? It's not about whether it's good or bad. It's about whether it's right for you. Okay, let's assume that you are a model. Your job is about your physique. Whether you are male or female, that's your job is about your physique. You cannot have the same habit that some other people that that's not their focus. 
Are you understanding what I'm saying? You can't have the same habits with them. So, maybe you wake up every morning, you walk out, alright? You walk out every morning to keep fit, to keep looking smart, because that's what you use to make money. If Yokozuna is your friend, do you know Yokozuna? <laughs> you don't know Yokozuna. When you hear the name, you understand now. Yokozuna is a sumo wrestler. You know those guys that do sumo wrestling? It's a kind of Japanese wrestling contest. You have to be really, it's based on your weight, your body weight. So you have to be round. You know. And uh, it's hard for them to even stand up when they fall. <laughs> if the other person's destiny is Yokozuna, your own is to be a model. You cannot have the same habits. Because when Yokozuna is eating, he has to eat to be heavy, to be strong. Am I communicating? You can have friends that their habit shouldn't be yours. Because they're not going the same way. Praise the Lord. Am I communicating? They're not going the same way. And I'm saying to you that when we talk about the practice, we're dealing with not one, not two, but several habits that you must adopt, develop in your life. Because it has to become how you now live. Amen. Not something you do once in a while. It has to become how you now live. Gloria Copeland, the wife of Pa Copeland said, Inconsistency lies the power. What she was trying to establish is that what makes the power in our life show is our consistency. You do it again and again and again. Listen to me. The practice means that there are certain things that will be routine in your life. Amen. You know, some people don't like, they think routine is boring. No, 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 no. Sometimes routine is the key. Amen. That means that you do it, then you do it again, 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 until you arrive there. There is nobody that is successful that does not have a routine. Amen. Are you listening to me? That does not have a routine. Something they do over and over again. They did it yesterday. They will do it today. They will do it tomorrow. And some of you, as I'm talking, you know that that's your major challenge. To follow through with something. If we say, okay, everybody now, let us start praying every day. You will do it today. Tomorrow you will likely not do it. Praise the Lord. So how do you develop those kind of habits? Hallelujah. First of all, I'll mention the habits and then we'll, maybe we'll end by talking about how to develop them. The habits that you need to make that picture of yours materialize. Praise the Lord. Alright, I'll try. I have seven or eight of them. So, I'll start with what will be my number one. But I will still talk about it as last. Number one. Right. The practice 
of spiritual mysteries. Write it down. The practice of spiritual mysteries. You could also say, in brackets, rituals. Spiritual mysteries. Um, let me give you a scripture. Let's look at First Timothy 1. I'll read 18 and 19. You know, in church now, when we quote a scripture, people say glory. It's also a habit. Are you understanding me? There's some people that all the time will be shouting glory. They don't used to shout. So when they say, they say, First Timothy 1 verse 18. Instead they were saying that, I don't go shout. <laughs> <laughs> that energy, glory is one word. I know, I know go shout. Four words. <laughs> you are those kind of people that are the problem of Nigeria. <laughs> they are the problem of Nigeria. Amen. I'm going to read verse 18 and 19. Now, let's read together. I want to go. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Verse 19. Holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. Now, I'm starting with practice of spiritual mysteries because if you practice every other thing and leave out this one, it's shipwreck. Amen. Glory to God. Holding faith and a good conscience, which some have put away. So here Paul was telling him, look, with the prophecies, which, that means he was telling him that you should engage in these spiritual mysteries. What do we mean by spiritual mysteries? Listen, all of these goals we are talking about, if you are not applying these spiritual mysteries, they will not happen. Amen. Because there are forces at work to make sure that you don't become that picture you put up there. So when we say spiritual mysteries, what are we talking about? Fasting. Today now we fasted. Fasting is not, <laughs> is not, a, is not something, a, I don't know how to put it. It's not a self-help thing. It's spiritual. Glory to God. So you must practice spiritual mysteries. I'll give you an example. Fasting is one of spiritual mysteries. You practice it. From time to time you will fast about those pictures. Hallelujah. The things you wrote down, you will take out a day, you will take out days, you will fast. Am I communicating? Communion is a mystery. There are times you will wake up, you will break bread about that picture. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? So, you, you practice spiritual mysteries. That's the first practice. Spiritual mysteries. Regularly concerning that, those pictures or the goals you've set for 2021. Giving is a spiritual mystery. Hallelujah. Sometimes you will sow seed specifically because you are in faith for something. So giving is a spiritual mystery. I've talked about communion, fasting, giving. 
There are things that the Holy Spirit will inspire you to do. Because your trust is not in those physical things. Just that those physical things have to be done. Amen. Am I communicating? There is natural in supernatural. If you spell supernatural, is the word natural inside. So the supernatural needs the natural. Are you listening to me? So, you see, I've given an illustration about how Jesus Christ was born, right? Now, God was about to be made flesh, but he still needed a womb. Amen. Am I communicating? So the natural was needed for the supernatural to happen. Hallelujah. Why did God not just appear? Just stand on one leg like this. Just appear. <laughs> just appear. He has come in. You know? <laughs> no. He, for the scripture to be fulfilled, he had to be a man. The only way he would be a man is that he would be born like a man. So what happened was that the angel came to Mary and spoke and through the word, she was impregnated. Amen. Then the natural process continued. But there was a supernatural part. The supernatural part was that there was no man. Amen. Am I communicating? So in the same way also, you see, somebody said, oh, I'm believing God for something. There will be a natural part. Amen. So, you will practice spiritual mysteries. And it's a habit. That means not something you do once in a while. Your devotional life, devotion, praying every morning, morning devotion, is part of your mysteries. Amen. You practice it. Praying every morning, devotions. What does the devotion do for you? You know, you cannot be spiritually sensitive without a devotional life. Praise the Lord. Alright? You can't be spiritually sensitive without devotional life. You know, this, pra- this picture you put up, let's assume that you have a picture of owning uh, um, a particular um, property. Let's assume owning a particular property. Okay? You, there's a picture you have. And then, you know, there's what we call... The doorknob. If you meet a door that does not have a knob, you will know how to open it. Is that not so? I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. You know, one of the things I used to love when I, when I go to a different city or a different nation, I love bathrooms. And I love the um, faucets and uh, the shower, whatever, especially where it's mysterious. You understand that? Then I have to find out how to put it on. <laughs> I say, I'm educated. <laughs> you, know, you know, so you can come in and you don't know how to put it on. <laughs> Praise God. You don't know how to put it on. I've seen different types, different types. I can't even begin to explain. They're the ones that took me 15 or 20 minutes to figure out how to put it on. Are you understanding me? You know? Like, nothing. There's no button. Nothing, 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 nothing. You understand that? There, you know? <laughs> now, let me not distract you. Okay, so, 
Imagine if you meet a door that doesn't have a knob. You can't open it. I call it the door knob. In spiritual things, there are times where you want to do something. You are not seeing the door knob. You are not seeing what to turn. Are you understanding? What I'm do you get what I'm saying? You are not seeing what to turn. You know? Okay, uh, I have a picture of that property. So, you know, that's someone can say, Pastor, so what should I do now? I don't know. Only the Holy Ghost can reveal to you what to do. Glory to God. So, it's the devotional life that makes that the day the doorknob will show, you will see it. Am I communicating? Huh. Abraham took Isaac and went up to the mount. He knew that God was going to do something. He didn't know what God was going to do. But as he was about to, the Lord stopped him. Then he saw a ram caught in the ticket. Amen. What if he didn't see that ram? Amen. As if I don't die like that too. Are you understanding what I'm saying? But he saw it. Then he knew. Because he says, Jehovah Jireh. Which means, now we translate it as the Lord will provide. But the Hebrew context is, the Lord will see to it. Amen. Okay? So he will see to it. Now, but it's a provision anyway. He will provide. But he will see to it. That means, whatever the situation is, the Lord will see to it. But imagine if he didn't see. I could go on and show you another one. When, um, um, what's, um, Abraham's girlfriend, what's her name again? <laughs> um, <laughs> a guy, yes. A guy. What else is she? Mistress. Alright. Concubine. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, she took her child and the child was crying and she was afraid the child was going to die. She dropped the child and said she won't see when the child is dying. And then God opened her eyes to see a well of water. What if she didn't see that well of water? That's what I mean by the dawn of. Amen. Are we together? So, it is a devotional life that makes, oh, you prayed today. You read your Bible, you prayed tomorrow. You read it next day, every day. You are in tune. It makes you, ever say spiritual sensitivity. Listen, if you are not spiritually sensitive, you won't see what God is showing you. There are some people, the reason why the thing has taken long is that they missed their time. They missed their moments. Can you miss your moment? Yes, sir. You can miss your moment. You can miss the moment of your visitation. You can miss it. Then the cycle will turn again till another time. So, devotional life. Oh, every morning you wake up, you follow the devotional, you pray, you read your Bible. It, sometimes, you know, like, okay, because it's not every devotional that you come out from and you are like, oh, glory to God, hallelujah. It's not every devotional you come out from that you feel like that. Is that is it every devotional? That's on devotionals. If you see, have you seen, <laughs> see, we have the neighbors that used to do devotionals. Yeah? You know, there are sometimes you know that this morning they're not ready. <laughs> we have come again. We have come again, Father, we have come again. Holy Ghost, we have come again. Amen. You see the voice, you know. Then there are times that they'll be singing, um, um, what's that song? Um, I told you they were singing in the car. Um, 
Yes, breathe. Uh, what's singing? Breathe, name upon me, breathe. <laughs> you will be joining them, you know that they're in the spirit that day. Are you understand what I'm saying? So, some of you know what I'm talking about. There are days you do morning devotional. As you're going to walk, your leg is not touching the floor. You're in the spirit. Satan, where are you? Where are you? So, let me kill you now, once and for all. Then there are some days when you do your morning devotion. You say, maybe I'll repeat it in the office. <laughs> are you understanding what I'm saying? Good. Now, the important thing is not how you feel. The important thing is to be consistent. Hmm. Habits. When we talk about habits, we're talking about, you know, learning self-discipline. What is self-discipline? Doing what you ought to do when you ought to do it, even when you don't feel like. (laughs) Amen. Self-discipline. Doing what you ought to do, when you ought to do it, even when you don't feel like. So it means that that morning prayer, devotional, when you woke up in the morning, you don't feel like, but you will do it. And then after a while, it has become a habit. You always do it. There's a blessing. Amen. You always do it. I'm, you know, this is under spiritual mysteries. Amen. So you have to have a practice of spiritual mysteries in your life. It's not only when there is big crisis. They say, ah, what happened? Hey, you did not hear. You did not hear. Four of my aunties are in the hospital. <laughs> four. Four of them are in the hospital. Then you say, now nah, I want to break bread. No. Let it be a practice. That you, you see, you are a spiritual man. Amen. I say I'm spiritual. Say I'm deeply spiritual. I recognize that life is spiritual. Amen. So it shouldn't be something that be happening once in a while. Whether communion or sometimes you're breaking bread, you're taking communion. Sometimes you're then tongues. Amen. Tongues is also part of it. Spiritual mysteries. Sometimes you, you have that your vision board there in front of you. You just stand in front of it and start speaking in tongues. Are you understanding me? This practice of spiritual mysteries, it has to be a habit. Not something you do once in a while. It has to be a habit. You, you, you put it in your, in your day-to-day, in your daily routine. Glory to God. There are some people that the only time they do spiritual mysteries is when they are in church. Then when we want to break bread, they will now be coming out. <laughs> you see that guy that is not, he's not quiet anywhere. It's only when he wants to take communion, he will now be asking the person. That's the only time. Praise the Lord. No. At home. Practice spiritual mysteries at home. Practice it in the office. Amen. You know, I've, I've heard this slang and I've come to understand what they mean. They say, it shock you. 
<laughs> so, and, and I've come to understand what they mean. <laughs> you know, sometimes you need to shock the devil. Spiritual means shock him. Are you understanding me? Yes, they do. Things will just shift. Things will just be hastened. Amen. If you want to cause disruptions, you have to engage spiritual mysteries. There are times you just wake up and you are praising God that day. Throughout that day, you are jumping, dancing, praising God. Are you understand what I'm saying? Those are spiritual mysteries. You know, that is you do. It's not, uh, it's not, it's not, this is not motivation. Are you understanding me? This is core incantation, invocation. Amen. It's a spiritual thing. It's a ritual you are carrying out here. Those things must be constant in your life. You wake up in the morning sometimes. You break bread concerning those goals you put there. Another day again, you just praise God about it. Another day again, you speak in tongues about it. Another day, you go and sow seed about it. And are you understand what I'm saying? There are constantly practice of spiritual mysteries around those your goals. That's the first practice. Amen. I'll just drop the second one and then I'll stop there. The second practice that will help you translate that picture into reality is the practice of pre-planning your day. Everybody say pre-planning. Say pre-planning. Yes. Let me read one verse of scripture to you. You give it to me in message translation. Proverbs 21 verse 5. You still did not shout to. Proverbs 21 verse 5. It's not that I don't want to shout. It's that it needs to tire me sometimes. To. Proverbs 21.5. Read it with me. Want to go. Careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. Did you see that? Some of you, you are a picture of hurry and scurry. Careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. So what are we talking about pre-planning? You know, the word plan in itself looks like in actual word to plan is to prepare. Is that not so? Okay. Now, but when we say pre-plan, we're actually saying <laughs> you are planning in advance. That thing you want to do tomorrow, plan on how you will do it today. Amen. Are you with me? Um, someone put it this way. He said, 18 minutes of thinking about what you want to do the next day can set a whole day in order. This is a key success habit. Pre-planning your day. You know what have some of you? You go with the flow. That's why you fail in the flow. They are planning as they are going. No. Don't do it once in a while. Let it be a normal lifestyle now. That before you come into tomorrow, 
If it happened that you didn't do it yesterday night, when you wake up in the morning, after you pray, sit down. Don't do anything yet. What do I want to achieve today? Are you understanding me? We used to call it those days a to-do list. I don't know if some of you know what I'm talking about. To-do list. But it's not just, you know, some of you write to-do list. You just say uh, this. The thoughts of what you want to do and how you will accomplish it is very powerful. It's very powerful. It's like you have conditioned yourself before the day started. Let me use myself for an example. I discovered that I don't know, different people have their own different issues, but for me I discovered that what takes my time the most two things what to eat and what to wear I can take a whole day deciding so I prefer you give me options are you understanding me? So my wife will say, what do you want to eat? <laughs> you know, I don't know if some people that just sit down and create what they want to eat. It's a, it's a gift from God. <laughs> I will say, what do you have? Now, once in a while, sometimes maybe I was passing somewhere, I saw something, I said, okay, I would like to eat this. That happens. But ordinarily, okay, now we're breaking our fast after the service, right? I don't know what I'm going to eat. Are you understanding me? So, if you leave me in the house with, the, with everything, the choice of, like, should I eat this one? Uh, no, should I eat this one? Should I eat this one? Uh, uh, you know, ask her sometimes. <laughs> the, I'll just say, just be doing the two. <laughs> <laughs> she will say, but you cannot finish both of them. I say, just do the two. Because I don't know which one I'm going to eat. Praise the Lord. <laughs> now, for clothes, also dressing up. I used to have that challenge. So, what works for me is that, before the day, I would decide and say, okay, where am I going to? What am I going to do? Then I choose what I'm going to put on. So that when I come into the day, I'm not, because it can take hours. Praise God. I've shared this before in church. I said, I had to take pictures of all my suits and number them. So I have a um, listing on, on that with pictures of all my suits and numbers with numbers. Then, what I used to do then is January suit 15, suit 11, suit 13, suit 12. February, suit 8, suit 4, suit 42, suit 52, like that. I put it like that. If not, I won't know which one I wore last. Are you on something? I don't know whether, uh, uh, you know. And then, thank God for now, the pictures you guys take sometimes, you know. So I like, okay, I just look four Sundays back for one, two, three, four. But I can look eight Sundays back as okay, <laughs> you know. It's just to make my life easier. Are you listening to me? So I discovered that it takes my day. I've done every other thing now, and then I want to go out. Some people don't understand why sometimes I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, now we're coming for fast today, all right? And okay, we're going to pray. I'm going to stand for a long time. I need shoes that I'm very comfortable in. Are you understanding me? Okay. It's okay. 
So like, okay, what do we do? do, do, do. So I have to choose. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So now I don't want to tie my neck today. Amen. Glory <laughs> to God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, so it takes time. Now, all of us here have something that takes your time. Am I communicating? But if you start learning how to pre-plan your day, you will cut that short. You won't waste your time. And then you'll be able to focus your energy on the things that really matter. Am I communicating? Listen, I know there are some of you that the way you live your life, there's really, you don't think there's anything serious you're doing. But let me tell you something. When you start pre-planning your day, you'll become serious. Amen. You start, you become serious. So like, tomorrow is what? What would you be doing tomorrow? What will you be doing tomorrow? There's some of you, don't go anywhere, wash your clothes. Amen. And the people I'm talking to, they know they're safe. Because you are not working now. If you feel that are working, I say go to work. Don't go anywhere. Don't go and visit anybody. Just wash your clothes. All your clothes. Bring them out. Wash them. Iron them. Do you know what happened? For the next two, three weeks, you'll be organized there. Eh? Even you'll be saying, oh boy. <laughs> is this, is, not like me this. Are you understanding me? You'll be organized. It just starts pre-planning. Am I communicating? Do you know that that is a habit that many people don't have? I'm not talking about someone thinking, I say, mm, tomorrow I will buy gas. <laughs> That's what I'm talking. That's what I'm talking about. Write it down. Amen. Where will you buy the gas? How much is the gas? Because if you say you will buy gas tomorrow, then tomorrow when you wake up, you say, should I buy in this place or this place or that place or that place? You see, that means you didn't plan now. That thought you are doing, you would have done it yesterday. Amen. So when you wake up in the morning, you are just going to the place that you were supposed to buy the gas. Am I communicating? Pre-planning your day is what makes that you can now achieve the goals you wrote down and put it as one of the things you will do on that day. I will come to that when we're talking about we'll go further. But you see, pre-planning your day makes that you can always include one action that will propel you forward towards that picture of 2021 in your plans for tomorrow. Do you know that there is no goal that you've written out that there's, you, that you, 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 there's something you can do about the goal? Amen. You say, okay, I, I, my goal is to be the president of Nigeria. Mm. But, well, that goal cannot happen because there's no election in 2021. Unless you want to plan a coup. <laughs> Amen. So I won't cancel out the goal. But let's assume that your goal next year is that you want to, um, you want to travel or something. Okay? Something that is possible. So, okay, what should I do tomorrow about it? Read about the country you want to go to. I'm going to spend 30 minutes or one hour reading about the country. Amen. 
I'm going to call a friend and get educated about the country. That's something in line with what you're doing. Because when you go there, that thing you are learning now, you still need to learn it. Amen. Am I communicating? So, you put it as part of what you want to achieve tomorrow. We're trying to teach the kids how to prepare for school a day before. You know. But it's just trying to get them to learn how to prepare for the day before. Because most of us were not raised that way. Praise the Lord. As you wake up, you say, what will you do tomorrow? Make we wake first now. Maybe when person wake up and go, no, where that? <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> you know, those kind of things. No. What will you do tomorrow? Let me ask your neighbor, what will tomorrow be like? Okay, please share something you will surely do tomorrow, you want to do tomorrow with somebody. Just mention one thing, one thing, one thing you do tomorrow. If you don't know yet, say, I don't know. <laughs> now, if you are here and you don't know anything you want to do tomorrow, let me give you two assignments. Number one, pray for two hours. Amen. Are you listening to me? You don't know anything to do. Just pray for two hours tomorrow. What should I pray? Just pray in tongues for two hours. It's not a loss. As we are praying, you will never not have another thing to do the next day. Because God's job is showing you pictures. Job is seeing how you have been wasting your time. This kind of prayer, you It's a prayer of self-repair. Amen. The second thing is read a book. Amen. Are we together? Read a book. Attempts. To finish the book tomorrow. If you don't have anything to do, carry a book and say, today, not today. If you feel like sleeping, hang your leg on the table and be reading it. Did you hear me? So you start learning to function that way. So pre-planning your, your day. Praise the Lord. Um, I think on Wednesday, I would talk more about other things that you can inculcate, but we're going to talk about quite a number of them. But it, there are habits. This pre-planning, there's not something you just do now. You do it today against tomorrow. Then when I ask you next week, I say, um, what are you doing tomorrow? You say, I've not been doing that, you know. No. It has to become part of your life. Okay. Your accessories, like your phone, your tablet, use them to help you organize yourself. Amen. You could put timers on your phone. Maybe by 10 o'clock at night or 9.30 at night, that say, remind me for tomorrow. Plan, pre-planning my day. Reminder. Some of you, you know you can put that on your phone. Okay? Okay. When it rings, you know that, okay, I do that. Am I communicating? You sit down, what will I do tomorrow? You don't have to stay for four hours, so no. 
Some of you, in 30 minutes, you'll be amazed what will come out of it. So tomorrow, where am I going tomorrow? Where am I going tomorrow? How much do I have in my pocket? <laughs> yes, and, uh, you know? Uh, okay. I have 100 naira. Where I'm going to is 400. <laughs> so, I will pass this shortcut. <laughs> Walk to that place. You're planning. Amen. I'll visit my neighbor. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faith2faithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Around the world, by the power of the Lord.